Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of First Issue Club. If you're here after the Halloween episode, then we greatly appreciate your listenership because that was a shit show of a show, but God damn it, did we love making it for you. And if you are still here with us, then you are probably insane just like us, so welcome back. We help aid you through the muddy and murky waters of the comic book landscape as we cover the number one issues of the week. Caitlin, what books are we covering this week? We have Hex Wives from Vertigo and Sex Death Revolution from Black Mask. Oh boy, got some spooky ones. We're, we should this uh, should have came out on Halloween, but uh, what can you do? You can't plan books. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get to know the club members this week. And the question of the week uh, in uh, Hex Wives, there's a little uh, secret cigarette smoking going on. So uh, my question is, what would your secret hidden vice be? My name is Caitlin. And I can't indulge in this very often because it's so highly addictive and enthralling to me that it, like, kind of takes over. But those reality shows that are, like, really scripted, there's one in particular right now called Made in Mexico that I am just oh yeah tearing through on Netflix. And that would probably be mine. Like, if I, I want to, like, pick cool shows when people are around, like, <laughs> this is what I'm watching, like, um, and talk about that. But, like, if no one's around, I'm watching Made in Mexico. Yeah, and that's what I'm doing. That's like shows that are like The Hills and yeah, like loosely loose reality, scripted reality. Yeah, is that basically. what they call it? And you just get so like it means nothing. None of it means anything. But I'm like, oh my god, she's about to do this, and when this person enters the room, like shit's about to go down. Like it's really not cute <laughs> for not me to cute. be like so invested. In this. I'm Mike D. Um, my secret vice would have to be. 90s dirtbag rock <laughs> or early 2000s even. Oh, give me some examples. Like sometimes when I need a pick me up, I will put on Limp Bizkit. <laughs> You're ready Spotify. to rock. <laughs> I can get down on some Limp Bizkit. Can you really? Limp Bizkit and some like <laughs> Can you really? Oh man. Early kid rock. I thought I was going to get shit on in a major way. <laughs> $3 bill, y'all. I rock out to that. One. <laughs> I'm just trying to get $3 bill, get y'all. When I'm tired of all the counterfeits and fakes and poses of the world. <laughs> Do you remember that song that uh, Limp Bizkit and Korn did together? Oh. It's all in the family. And they just took what? turns dissing one another? <laughs> yeah. It they, gets pretty good. But it was it a collaboration, but they were just dissing each other? Did they release a single on CD? Uh, I think it was a part of a Limp Bizkit album. No, it was a part of a Korn album. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Is this Whoops. your Rugrats? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my name is Greg Lichtai, and mine is, so I quit smoking cigarettes about six or seven years ago, and it was uh, a heavy vice of mine. I used to smoke like a packet and a half a day sometimes. It was really rough. And I quit cold turkey about six or seven years ago, and it was the toughest thing I have ever done. In the last two years or so, I had got I've gotten into like smoking cigars every like two or three months as like a little treat to myself for. And like I don't I know people are just like well it's like kind of like smoking it's not really yeah like you don't inhale but like it's not good for me I like I'm not <laughs> stupid like so but that that's my my biggest secret vice that I'm spilling to the world now as I smoke cigars every couple months. <laughs> uh, my name is All Heather right. Coakley. My secret vice, which I feel like if anybody knows me super well, they know I do it. 
but it, it's definitely internet creeping. Like, uh-huh. I can find anything yep. anywhere. I will find you. Like, if I can't find you, I'll find your family. So you're like a, a social media sleuth? Right. I also, funny story, so I had this ex-boyfriend in high school that used to send me emails every few years to remind me he hated me. And Ooh, sounds like a cool there dude. Was, there was one time I didn't hear from him for a couple years, and I was like, God, I wonder what he's doing. And so I like wonder started, if he still hates me. I, yeah, I wonder if he still hates me. And I started creeping, and I found all of this stuff he wrote about me on a blog. Like a blog website. That's well, my worst it was like a fear. forum, and it would have it had to because I was sixteen at the time, so it would have had to have been in like two thousand two, two thousand three. Mm-hmm. It was on a forum called youarenotalone.com. Oh my oh, god! And it was like oh, no. post after post after post about me. So sometimes creeping's bad. Oh. Yeah, I can, <laughs> yeah, that's honestly one of my biggest but fears. All of that points back toward him and not oh, yeah. reflective of you. So yeah, that's. That's sometimes crazy. it's great. Sometimes you yeah. find things you don't want to find. <laughs> oh, I feel unsafe in the world yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I appreciate technology having been like a little bit behind me uh, at a certain age where I would have had several existential crises and otherwise <laughs> would have exploded online, whereas like the common forum for young people to do everything now. Mm-hmm. You didn't blow up on your Zanga? Because I did. Oh, on my secret Zanga. Yeah, yeah. You have to have a secret Zanga so that you can write all your bullshit poetry about how sad you are. <laughs> Not my public put my, one. Put my best song lyrics. And yeah. Really talking about how I feel. <laughs> all right. And with that, let's get this podcast started. Closer, Tony Danza. There's a highway up ahead. Be sure to not miss your exit. We do not go. <laughs> you got to let go. Let go. <laughs> Hold on to my foot. First up, we've got Hexwives out on the DC imprint Vertigo Comics, number one by Ben Blacker and Mirka Andolfo. If the name Ben Blacker sounds familiar to you, that is because he is the writer, producer of the TV show Supernatural. Anyone have anything they want to admit about <laughs> Supernatural fandom while we're on the topic? Uh, no, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> One of the four members today has a supernatural tattoo. You guess. It's me. <laughs> Old ladies think it's a pentagram, but <laughs> really it's a unicursal hexagram. Okay, so this book takes a look at a couple witches who are making their way through history. I'm assuming these same two are immortal up to a point, at least anyway. We see some of their friends die throughout, but they're constantly being attacked by evil men. That's a kind of common theme throughout the entire book, right? And then ultimately, we find out that there's this family that's been hunting them specifically for hundreds and hundreds of years, and they keep battling them, surviving barely, just by the hair of their teeth and making it on. And then ultimately, at the end of this comic, 
these witch hunters kind of flip the script on us and turn it into a Stepford Wives sort of situation, tame these women with, I think, a, an evil spell all themselves. Some timely commentary on what's going on. Uh, what did you guys think of Hex Wives overall? I, I enjoyed it overall. The ending, is so it was going through the decades and through the through the centuries. I think they explained that they kind of get reincarnated every once in a while if they die. So they still kind of have like the same body when they get reincarnated, but... Oh, gotcha. They all get reincarnated, but they don't every... Like, they don't awaken. Yeah. Like, they they talk about how they're all born as normal women, and then they all seem to have some event where they remember their past. Yeah. And so, like, some of them don't Yeah, they have to, like, read time. the devil's passage or something. Man, what be... book was I reading? <laughs> 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 Some, maybe someone else should intro this See, one. I, mean, like, I, I thought you did a great job. <laughs> did Katrina happen in two thousand five? Okay, because is that was that and what like they're the in the like that in that uh, scene where it says two thousand five, Louisiana? It's raining. It is raining. Are we saying that the witches caused Katrina? No, 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 no. I'm just. I thought that was kind of an interesting. Like, why that was chosen. Because it, it's 2005. They made a specific detail of the year and the location. Then, yeah. Like, I, I'm curious as why they chose to do that. I yeah, that's interesting. I mean, the architects had to have done something. Like, I don't know what I think it was. But obviously, between 2005 and then 2000, we're assuming 18. Yeah. That's not enough time for them to die and be reborn. Right. To yeah. be... Well, and they have somebody like, captive that we don't know who it is. Mm, I hate that scene. Anything with people like locked in rooms or yeah, tied to chairs. So you probably hated the Goonies. Nah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> this book was a little bit more on the theme that you talked about, though, with the um, men kind of oppressing yeah. women than the other book, even though they both deal with covens and witches. But I was watching uh, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and that also is a very heavy-handed theme in that. Mm-hmm. She's like, women are afraid of power. You've got to learn to use it and own it. And these men are actively trying to take it away by taming them, yeah. marrying mm-hmm. them, putting them in roles where they don't realize their power. Yeah. And like it's how- just creepy. Well, that's what—what what did you say, Greg, that mm-hmm. they have to do to, like, realize— their past life. There's like a, a a book they have to read or like a, the devil's passage or devil's something. Pa- like, like do you think that was literal or it's like yeah. you have to realize you have well, abilities She's, she's to already do. starting to hear some things and how some things kind of seep into her. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, we did get that clue. But the other thing I couldn't understand is they were talking about like part of their plan to take them down involves a willing mortal's kiss. So yeah. they're all. That's why they're all married to them. I would assume. Yeah. So they like, are the willing mortals. They call themselves the Gabriels or something. They, or that's his name's Gabriel. Last name. Okay. They're like the architects. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And like they, they did like a bunch of right research research on <laughs> yes. which like witches, and they're like, aha, this like hidden little uh, uh, bypass and or a uh, little section in the script. If like a mortal kisses them. They have right. complete control over a witch, which I've never heard that in any kind of witch no, lore. No. But so do they, do they, like, grow up knowing that they're witch hunters? 
these people do. Mm-hmm. It's like their birthright that they're yeah, out to like my kill witches. Yeah, it's like my father and his mm-hmm. father and his father yeah. were all killed by these witches. They're all a bunch of incels. <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. They just hate, I get the idea that they just hate women, period. Yeah. <laughs> so what if the witches, it's, uh, it's always interesting to me in a lot of the things that surround are surrounded by like supernatural sort of creatures or different beings that they're typically looked at as the bad guys and then the la- over the last like 20 or 30 years that's 100% changed like we're rooting for the supernatural sort of creatures mm-hmm. i don't know there's it doesn't seem like the what have the witches done should we be rooting for them it does Are they just trying to live their lives? Unnecessarily violent. Right. But people keep coming for them. Right. So I think it's like chicken or the egg. I don't know mm-hmm. in this story who started it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it should be stopped by now. They got to squash their beef. They do. <laughs> well, by now, like, even like with the Salem witch trials, which is crazy to think that that actually happened in real life. Women were hung because people thought they were witches. It's because men were afraid of women gaining knowledge and becoming more powerful than them either physically or mentally so they just concocted this story that these must be otherworldly creatures and you know what's crazy is that we grew up hearing that story in school and just being like weren't people crazy back then (laughs) yeah but now it's taken on like a whole new meaning you know what i mean yeah i'm i'm sure in another 15 years the idea of witches is going to be like completely redefined like our kids will never think of witches as like bad guys well, what's They'll the, be like heroes only. Yeah. Yeah. What's the difference now between a Salem witch trial and the president saying fake news? Not a, not a whole lot, to be honest. <laughs> hey, man, I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> you deal with the trolls, Greg. I, I will, and I will give you my email address and everything. Well, he is basically the emperor who has no clothes on. So right. it's all just a crazy psychotic fairy tale that we live in i know yeah but it's it's crazy like like mike said like we when we were in school we saw these in our history books about you know witch trials and like we have the historical context to be like man that was that was crazy like one person Mm -hmm. accused somebody as a witch Mm -hmm. and then they like got every everyone on board and all of a sudden you had a witch crisis but it Mm -hmm. but it it wasn't it wasn't one girl who like craved attention more than anything was able to like turn a whole town inside out and it was never, they ne- like, no one ever made the conversation about women's rights or women's free speech. No. Or, or why, like, men were never accused of being witches. Witches warlocks. or warlocks. Or warlocks. Sorry, thank you for correcting me, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Get your supernatural right. <laughs> I'm, I'm humiliated. <laughs> Sick burn. Holy shit. What do I do with my life? I'll say one of the things I loved that we found out in some of those preamble stories was that this one witch gains power from bloodletting other people. Mm -hmm. So, like, the more blood that gets spilled, the more intensely powerful she gets, and there's this cool scene where she's just... (laughs) Mowing people down. Yeah, like, mowing people down. Is that where she's riding the horse? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Topless, just covered yeah. in blood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> killing that's people with like super- a fork. Don't they like make some, I miss some the reverence there, that that's yeah. her superpower, like yeah. just being violent? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, what is it? Because it's a funny turn of phrase, too. Did anyone else think this thing takes place in like the 1600s? Like, where did she get like hip hugger leggings? 
uh, I wonder, like, on Cassidy that's what I was when I was like, what is this page? Physical. I was really confused. Yeah, yeah. right. Hey, they're otherworldly. She's they're... like super trendy. She's like 2018 <laughs> trendy in like 1600s. But they don't talk like they're from the 1600s either. What about what did you guys think about the the barn pleasure scene? Did you catch that the barn pleasure scene? Um, I wasn't because it. I think that kind of served for me as a tool to make me feel even more enraged on their part that they have been forced to marry men yeah. at yeah. the end mm-hmm. and not be able to live knowing who they are and their decades, centuries-long relationship with each other. Yeah. yeah. Well put. Well, what's funny is, I, so I read it twice because I read it a couple days ago in preparation and I read it again. And when I first read it, I just read over that and was like, oh, they're just getting attacked. And then I was like, oh, no. <laughs> They're not. They're well, getting busy. When they're saying that <laughs> I knew that you'd come for me, mm-hmm. they're not talking yeah. about yeah. the men. Nope. She was <laughs> nope, speaking quite literally. And it was also really funny when she's talking to the like pilgrims in the very, very beginning. And she's like trying to give him her legitimacy about all these like other witches that she's taught. And then the last piece that she does to jab him was like, oh, and by the way, I pleased your wife <laughs> like you couldn't. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys think of, um, even though it's someone that we're a fan of, a man write, having written this book? We kind of had this conversation a few weeks back about, like, you know, if you're, if you're a white writer, what's your responsibility in writing black characters and, mm-hmm. you know, all the other situations that you have in comic books where certain types of creators are certainly underserved at different publishers that, you know, maybe we don't get a lot of women authors. And then here's a man telling the story about women being oppressed. You do have, unless Mirka is a is a man, um, you do have two females on the team. Ah. The creative team. Okay. Because that's kind of what I would hope. If you're trying to do something that comes from a person, that will be telling the story of a perspective different than your own, Mm-hmm. I would hope that you would try to have sounding boards and checks and balances in place so that you couldn't just gloss over what may be the actual perspective of the one you're trying to tell. Yeah. I think the problem comes about when the writing or art team is just so tone deaf about a character and will only use it as like um, like a, a, Token. a, a race baiting or like yeah. a queer queer baiting situation mm-hmm. where they just put this character in there just as just to be there just to be there like yeah. that doesn't Contribute enrich the, the story at all right and That's a good that point. happens on occasion and uh the the audience can tell pretty quickly and they are usually very vocal about <laughs> their uh their anger about it so yeah it's crazy to me how far some stories get and then someone wrote, like it gets published and then you know, people are upset about it, and it's just it's like, like how many people read this? Yeah, before it got to this I was point like, did you not have anybody read what you spent like months creating? Mm-hmm. It's insane. Next up, we have Sex, Death, and Revolution out on Black Mask. Uh, words and art by Visaggio and Farrow. This is uh, really a love story that's as grounded in real life and real relationships as any other non-magical story. But, of course, you have a fallen coven and you have the lead character in particular dealing with some really heavy stuff. Um, Her past is being altered. 
uh, it's changing her identity and it's changing things about her life that she's not even necessarily aware of. It's just being rewritten um, in a sense. The Fallen Coven is just dealing with some type of fallout. Its members are trying to pick up the pieces and move on, and she's a big part of that coven. So it's her past being rewritten is altering like all of these lives that touch hers, including her partner, Shannon's, who's basically just like fighting time, trying to save her throughout this whole story. It kind of made me anxious as I was reading it for the both of them just because she doesn't know what to do. And it's very clear that she's like grasping at straws, trying to find any answer. And she doesn't, she does like this one specific type of magic, which I also was going to talk about. Maybe we can get into that a little later. What did you guys think about the overall story? This is, this was confused. The book was confusing to me, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And I, so I read it twice. I liked it better the second time around. And I don't know what else to expect from a book that has a schism in realities. <laughs> that was yeah. like, it's yeah. going to be a little confusing. And I, I tried to find the second time through, like, where was the absolute juncture that the change occurred? Is there an obvious juncture? Was something that she did what caused the schism? Is there a second reality or is it just one new reality? Like, uh, so many things going on. The first time I read this through, I was like, I've got no clue. That's no, Mm -hmm. like, dig on the book necessarily. Right. But this was hard to follow for me. The second time through, I really liked it, though, if that makes sense. The only guess I had about the change is that they keep relating it to that person, what her name is, Annie. Annie. That brought down their coven. Mm -hmm. And there's that flashback of her sitting with Annie where she's like, I, the only thing that's holding me back is that I always, like, I imagine the man that I was going to be. And so then there's that part where Shannon's, like, hanging out with her. I'm assuming he's her roommate. Mm-hmm. Um, and she sees that picture where, she, uh, why, am, why am I blanking on what the main character's name is? Esandra uh, uh, es- or something? Esperanza. 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 Yeah, is a completely different version of female mm-hmm. that she's more of, like, she's butchy and, and yeah. it's, like... And that's when she's like, oh, like she would have never been that. I did kind of think and that I maybe wondered there if was something tied to Annie, together in some kind of way. To Annie trying to help her through. Yeah. Um, or just trying to like But did Annie do with something her. to her? Like, yeah. I don't know. Is that, did Annie, is Annie the one that messed with? That she took back her reality maybe? Yeah. Well, and, and she gave does... her the, because, so our, uh, Esperanza is trans. Mm-hmm. Correct. And in Male the, to female. Right. In the scenario, we're looking at maybe whether she became... I think there was some sort of magic ritual made her, like, genetically female. They Is that were, right? They were doing... They were they doing were some kind of magic, magic yeah. to help with the transition yeah. instead of just the medical... Because she was talking about going through a transition mm-hmm. and how it was hard for her because she could only fixate on what the man she was going to become. And I guess Annie did some kind of ritual that what Mike touched on genetically altered her uh, physiology that made her uh, more uh, female genetically. Yeah. Like, I guess it erased the male aspect of her body in every sense through magic. Am I I understanding that? That's my best guess. Um, If it comes back around and, like, that's a important crux to this story... How interesting is that? Mm-hmm. That like the masculinity versus femininity mm-hmm. and like all the different 
types of identity that could be involved in the aspect of the story. Right. And having someone who you're not friends with anymore kind of, like, steal that away from you. Like, that makes this a really, really heavy story. Like, at face value, yeah. the story wasn't that it's intense. N- but yeah. I guess it it could be. While, like, I don't know, it seemed like it was an important enough of a plot point that it wasn't just like, oh, cool, there's trans characters in this book. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It yeah. seemed like there was something more there that's going to be explored more later. What if, I'm obviously tri- trivializing this, but if it's like something like Freaky Friday, like maybe Annie's not as bad as you think she is, and she's mm-hmm. like, here's your two different options, and mm. using magic for yeah. her to, to live fully both of these lives it. so she can fully experience which and decide which path she wants to take. Yeah. Because that's the point of their conversation is that she's unsure. You're right. But I don't... She is talking to the, the coven and saying that Annie has been lying to all of them. That's the one part that... She was trying to put the fall of the coven on this Annie person, mm-hmm. and they all seemed pretty pissed at Annie, too. Mm-hmm. Unless that's a different part of... And unrelated to that, and Annie is trying to give her the two depictions of what she can choose between. Yeah. Or maybe because <laughs> yeah. they spent they spent a good part of the book talking about like uh, the different kinds of magic. Yes. One yeah. of them was like very much tied to uh, sex and dirt and like the that's body magic, the body magic. And then there was um, conceptual conceptual magic, yeah. which was more like written down, planned out, and um, I'm blanking on what the other, what the... Theoretical? Yeah. Theoretical. Yeah, the the, the theory of magic. And then she mentions, like, death magic Mm -hmm. towards the end. So I'm curious if, like, they did, um, they combined the two magics and it screwed up the world. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, they combined body magic and um, conceptual magic, and, like, in the magic world, like, those two aren't supposed to... Coexist or, or cross Which, over unnatural. The people from yeah. the coven Interesting seem theme to for the think <laughs> that too, right. though, because they're you know how they're like, why'd you pick me? I'm interested right. in this. Like it makes sense that these two people are here, but mm-hmm. so I'm ex- I'm actually the more we talk about it, I'm kind of intrigued to see issue two to how, see where it goes from there. How yeah. long of a run is this going to be? You know what? I don't know. I don't know if it's a mini series or not. Yeah, okay. I yeah I wasn't. To be honest, I probably wouldn't have picked up the second issue before we started talking about it, but now that we have, I'm pretty... Didn't that happen last time Heather was here? Yeah. yeah. Seeds. Mm-hmm. Seeds. Yeah, seeds. seeds. I did almost bring it up. We I was like, always this get like the seeds. very complex. <laughs> 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 we saved the headier ones yeah. for uh, Heather. Uh, so this is on a publisher called Black Mask. Um, publisher we like. We've reviewed a couple of their books before. Um, really interesting things. I feel like you get pretty unique artists and writers and creators doing really interesting things on these really small publishers. But one tough thing is that they're kind of hard to find, especially after the print or publish date. Yeah. it's You never know. Like, you have got podcasts and reviews, people like us, who tell you, like, oh, this thing was cool. Like, you should have grabbed it. Mm -hmm. But um, most comic shops, people have already... You know, reserved them up. reserved four like three months ahead of time, and the shop only ordered four, right? Yeah. So they're kind of hard to get your hands on. Um, Comicsology, you can buy this online. You can get it on Black Mask's website still. Yeah, totally. So if you're looking for it, pick it up. It's it is six bucks, but it's like fifty pages long. Mm-hmm. So you so, get like two comics in one. Right. Yeah. It's like a issue one and issue two. 
and that's the that's kind of the bad thing about these small publishers. They do take a lot of risks with these artists and writers, which is good, but they can't really afford to make larger print runs. Yeah. And so you get like smaller print runs, so it's harder to find. And sometimes comic book shops don't want to buy from a small publisher because they know that Marvel and DC is going to sell a whole heck of a lot better. Yep. So I'm glad that things like Comicology and uh, you know you can go to their publisher's website and buy the comic books from there. Yep. So uh, don't forget about digital copies because they are good sometimes. And that's a great way for the publishers for sure to like take a lot of profit, mm-hmm. right? When you mm-hmm. think about not having to print something. Yeah. So even though you don't have precious, precious paper for your collection, <laughs> think about it as making a donation. You can't to do like that guided reading cool tool. I think one thing I think that's cool though is that uh, you kind of you kind of see the effect that like just we have on our comic book shop, and that like hey we you know we were wanting to pick up this new book that came out and they're like ah oh, we don't have it and they start paying attention to the stuff we want to pick up and they start ordering more of it yeah so. If you start asking your comic shop for stuff like this, chances are they'll be like, oh, one person wanted it. Let's order five. Yeah. And be the change you want to see. Yeah. In your comic In your comic, in your comic, comic book community. <laughs> oh, good. We're going to need bigger change, John. <laughs> Speaking of change, very relevant hey, for this you episode. Start small. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know if this is going to come out on Tuesday, election day, or Wednesday after election day. So hopefully you just went out and voted. And voted for change. <laughs> Spare change. <laughs> Spare change is on the ballot this election? Spare change. Election? Yeah, he's going for uh, city council. Oh, wow. Yeah, what's his platform? Yeah, I like It's kind of loose. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well. Here I am, sitting in the studio with three of my friends and then one... Budget King in the producing booth. And I'm sad to say, podcast over now. Gotta quit. Gotta go home. Go to bed. Bye. Um, but before we do, gotta give credit where credit to do. Bouncy Frequency. They're the network that we're on. KCR Studios. They house us every dang week. Primary Club Music. Make the music we send to your ears, make pretty sounds, make you feel good. And we got social medias if you want to talk to us, social. <laughs> on Twitter, your tweet is, hashtags. <laughs> Are you turning it to Steve Brule? Instagram. <laughs> for the pictures, you see, tweet pic- us. <laughs> see pictures of us for the pictures and DMs. That's it in a nutshell. If you're talking about first issue club, this who we are. <laughs> now, if you're going to say goodbye from the club members, what do you say, team? Um, this is um, Grim Grim Ligdig, <laughs> and I would like to say to you now, goodbye. <laughs> Thank you. I'm Kraitlin Mrabsick, and I will show myself out. My Margaret will say, and one thing I wanted to say to, before I bed name, uh, is that go will, um, there's men in the vote for better times. Hi, the Cockley here. <laughs> Going to bed, bye. <laughs> <laughs> bye. Bye.